Hey, fam. Hello. 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 Family, you know what I'm here for. The Lord, he just woke me up. And when he woke me up, he placed this banging in my spirit ever so gently. So now I'm here to talk to you, okay? We're going to go to Genesis chapter 4. And the Lord, the message that the Lord is bringing across to you today is you got to get up out your flesh, child. You have to get out of your flesh. Your flesh wants to control you, okay? And we can't do that. We can't let the flesh control us. We can't do that because we know the flesh is dead, okay? So we can't let that control us. Because a lot of times, you know, people be trying to get the enemy to clout, but it be your flesh. It don't even be the enemy. And he be getting the clout for it. It be your flesh. It be what you want. It don't always be, be that devil. It be you. Okay, don't be like be like Adam and trying to blame everybody else but you, okay? No, if you wanted to. You wanted to taste the sin, and you tasted it. That's what it is. You can't always just point your finger at the enemy. I'm just here to tell you. And um, let's go to verse 3. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portion of the firstborn lamb from his flock. So right there, we see Cain's heart posture towards the Lord. He just gave him some. He was like, here, you could just take these couple, these couple little, these couple little things right here. Um, you got these little couple crops. All right, I'm keeping the best for myself. And it's that Abel brought the best portion of the firstborn lambs from his flock. He knew the Lord deserved the best. He didn't keep the best for himself. He gave it up as an offering to the Lord, right? And it said the Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry and he looked dejected. Mm. So the Lord, he's saying he sees your heart. He sees that you're not giving your all. You're only giving him some. You're only giving him some of you. You know, you can have this, but I'm going to keep this. I'm going to keep keep these couple things that I like to do in the tuck. And you could just have what I'm, what I'm ready to give you. And I'm here to tell you, the Lord, he's saying he don't, he don't want just some of it. He don't want just some of you. He wants all of you. He said, why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. See, you walk around with a chip on your shoulder and the Lord is saying, listen, I will accept your offerings. I, I will I will listen to you. I will incline my ear to you if you do what is right. Give me all of you. He don't want just some of it. He wants all of it. He wants all of that sin. Child, hold on, I'm closing my door because my daughter left it open. Um, he wants all of that. All of that, um, them sins that you think that you hide in, them sins that you think it's okay to keep. He wants all of it. He wants you to bring all of you to him. And he wants you to just lay down before him. Lay at his feet and allow him to wash you. That's what he wants you to do. And he said, you will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door eager to control you but you must subdue it and be its master see 
the them secret sins that you keeping in the tuck, they're eager to control you. But God says sin is not supposed to control you. You are supposed to subdue it. You are supposed to overcome it and be its master. You are supposed to tell sin what you're not about to do. And you're about to tell sin where it can go. That is what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to be dominated by your flesh. That is not what God wants. Okay. Let me take you to, give me a second. We're going to go to Romans, Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, okay, because some of you need to subdue it, subdue your flesh, you got to overcome this flesh child and be your flesh's master, you have to look in the mirror and you got to tell your flesh, it's me versus you. You're going to be talking to yourself, yes, but your flesh is very aware that you are talking to it. And you have to tell your flesh that you are going to subdue it and your flesh is going to listen to you. Your flesh is going to be your master because your flesh is trying to control you. It's not just the devil. It's your flesh too. Okay, so hold on. We said Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Let me get the Romans. <laughs> Romans chapter 8, verse what? 6? Yeah, I think it was 6. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to start at verse 5. Those who are dominated by, by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Okay. Um, if you read after KJV, the KJV specifically says the flesh. Okay. You can read the KJV if you want to hear specifically the word flesh. But what I'm here to tell you is God knew what was in Cain's heart. He could see it. And he was warning Cain, like, listen, you are allowing these thoughts to dominate you. I'm, I'm seeing it by the fruits that you are bearing. You won't even do what is right and give me the, the best part of you. You won't even be obedient to me. You don't even care about me enough to give me the best. So I see the sin is crouching at the door eager to control you the things that you are thinking that it's okay that i can keep on doing this it's okay that i got some sin in my life it's all right i i just god got grace god got mercy he gonna he gonna grace he goes grace can look past what i'm doing no the lord says that the sin that you are indulging in is eager to control you that sin wants to be your master and if you stay in your flesh it will overtake you when God is nudging you to do something, when the Holy Spirit is telling you to do something, and you know when the Holy Spirit is telling you to do something because it's a good thing to do. There's no sin against it. So if you lay in your bed and you know you got a pile of laundry and that the Holy Spirit nudging you like you need to go wash them clothes. That's not, that's not, that. listen, your flesh is what's keeping you laying there and be like, I'll get to it later. No. 
You get up and you do it because it's right. Because God knows, okay, if you keep sitting here, then it's going to pile up, pile up, pile up. Then it's going to become too overwhelming for you. He's trying to nip it in the bud before it gets out of control. Listen, sometimes I'll be watching them hoarders. And when you really think about it, when a person become a hoarder, it started with one thing on the floor. Right? And it turns into something out of control. Because you're being dominated by your flesh. You got to come and step into the spirit. The spirit gives life. The flesh wants to do what the flesh wants to do. It, it, it's being led by sin. It's being led by, by your sinful nature. It's being, that's what it's being led by. So, I also want to take... I'm going to keep on reading for a second. Um... It says, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. Okay, just like how Jesus resurrected, the Lord is resurrecting you. But you got to come tap into this spirit. Okay, your flesh is never going to obey God because it never has. Your flesh is hostile towards God. Your flesh is what's rebellious. Your flesh is what's prideful because it's all about you, 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 you when you're in your flesh. But when you tap into the spirit, it becomes about the Lord. It becomes about Jesus. It becomes about living a life as a, as a living sacrifice. You no longer live for you, but now you live for Christ Jesus. That is what it's about, child. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. So them urges that you get, you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. But it's the choice that you are choosing to make. You don't have to. That thought that crosses your mind that, that you know, you want to, whatever sin is your sin, you know, because we, whatever sin is your sin, okay? Because Whatever sin is your sin. When that thought crosses your mind, you have a choice if you're going to do it or not. See, a lot of people... I feel like judge Adam and Eve because, you know, they, they, they bit the forbidden fruit. But a lot, all of us would have probably bit, no, not probably, all of us would have ate that fruit. Like, let's be real. Because when you're in your flesh, you want to see, when somebody tell you, let me give you this example. You ever be, like, changing your clothes or something in front of, like, somebody, you be like, don't look. And then that person look. And then you be like, I just told you not to look. Like, why, why are you looking? Like, I just said don't look. You naturally, when you're in your flesh, you do 
the usually the opposite of what's good. You usually do like the opposite of what somebody asks you to do when you're in your flesh. You make, does that make sense? I hope it makes sense for you. So if God was like, you could have all the fruit from every tree in this garden, except that one, except the tree of life. Don't touch that one. How many of us would say that we wouldn't be curious? Like, why can't I touch that one? Because it's your, it's your sinful nature. It's that pride in you to be like, well, why can't I? Now I want to go try it because you said I can't. Like, come on now, let's be real. But you eating that forbidden fruit is what's going to cost you. It's going to cost you touching that tree. And I'm bringing it all back to you because when you are urged to eat that forbidden fruit, you don't have to do it. You don't have to. The Lord handed out three punishments, okay, and after they ate the fruit, okay? He he, he told the serpent what was going to happen with him. He told um, Eve what was going to happen to her, and then he came to Adam. And Adam still was held accountable for what he did. It wasn't about the serpent who deceived Eve. It wasn't that Eve told him to, to taste the fruit. It was because Adam chose to, Okay. When there is a temptation in your life, God always makes a way for you to come out. It's but it's if you choose to come out. Okay? Lord, you want me to take it there? Okay, I'm going to take it there. <laughs> okay, sometimes some thoughts will cross my mind. I'm going to say it like this. Some impure thoughts will cross my mind, right? Just sometimes. And it's just like, it's, it's like, a where did that thought come from? And when I say this, I mean, like, it might be like a flashback or something. And I'll be like, where? Like, what? But it's up to me if I'm going to let that thought stay there or if I'm going to cast it down, okay? I can let it stay there, and I can sit there, and I can, I can visualize all I want to visualize, or I can cast it down. Family, I cast it down with the quickness because I know that that will give birth to sin if I allow it to keep staying there. So when that thought crosses your mind, and I'm just talking about any thought, you could be like this person irritating me in, in, in when you in a traffic jam and you ready to just go in and you ready to tell somebody about your stuff. You know, somebody might think that they don't like the way you're driving and they give you the middle finger or something. Then you got to add it to you got to cast that thought down because if you allow that anger to stay there, it will make you act up. Okay. If you allow bitterness to stay in your heart, if you allow them thoughts to keep replaying over and over and over in your mind to make you bitter, then guess what? It's going to stay there. That seed is going to stay there. But you have to choose to want to uproot it. You don't, you are not obligated to do what your flesh urges you to do. When people be like, oh, well... The Lord just ain't done with me yet. No, you're not ready to give that up. That's the difference. That's the difference. You're not ready to give that sin up that he's addressed with you. You want to keep cussing people out. That's what you want to keep doing. You want to keep cussing people out. That's what you want to do. Be real about it. And then subdue it and be its master because that is leading you to death. Those little sins that you think are so harmless is leading you to death and decay. Listen, for your wages of sin is death. Okay? Yes, Jesus took it all on the cross. But he took it all on the cross so you can live his life. 
So he can bring you into perfection. Okay? For if you live by its dictates, you will die. So if you live by what your sinful nature tells you to do, you will die. First, spiritually. And then if you're not living a, living a life of repentance, then you're going to die naturally. And when you die naturally, it's not going to be to the place that you wanted to go. Okay? Let me tell y'all something real quick. Hell is real. And Jesus preached about hell. Jesus would say that it's better for you to gouge your eye out and enter the kingdom of heaven with one eye than to go into hell with two. He said that's only if you look at a person with lust. It's better for you to, because you already committed the act in your heart. He said, gouge that thing out. Now, he don't really want you to gouge your eye out. He's just giving you the visualization that it's better for you to go through that pain and that anguish than to enter into into, um, hell with two eyes. If your arm calls you to say, cut it off, it's better to enter the kingdom of heaven with one arm than it is to enter hell with two. He's telling you how to live. And all your life, you're not going to be able to have the same excuse. Well, the Lord's working on me. The Lord's working on me. Yeah, but when are you going to surrender? I'm going to say that again. When are you going to surrender? God's waiting. Okay? It's not going to take him no time to make you um, without a spot or wrinkle. It's not going to take him no time, but it's up to you. Are you going to stay in your flesh? Uh, but if through the power of the spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Child, child, mm. child, 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 child. You're going to feel like Jesus in this walk. Things are going to happen in this walk. And you're going to feel like him. You're going to see what he went through. You're going to see how people um, just despise you. Just because of who you are. You're going to see how he felt rejected. You're going to see how he felt like the outcast. You're going to see how he poured and poured and poured. And people were ungrateful and they didn't care. In this walk, if you want to reign with him, you're going to suffer with him. But it's worth it with every step. And the first step that you have to do is kill that flesh. And you got to go into prayer. Prayer is the only way that you are going to kill the flesh, child. Every time. 
When the Bible tells you to pray without ceasing because this flesh constantly wants to give you some dictates. This flesh constantly got something that it's trying to get you to do. But you got to subdue it and you got to go into prayer and you got to begin to tell the Lord, I need you to strengthen me. Oh, child, my verse of the day said, 2 Thessalonians 3 and 3. This is my verse of the day. For the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. Let me tell you something. That just ain't talking about the enemy. That's talking about your flesh. Your flesh is evil. This is your sinful nature. You need God to strengthen you. To, so you can overcome your flesh. Pray without ceasing. It's not just about the enemy. Listen, you are your own enemy as well. It's you against you. Nobody talks more to you than you talk to you. So you have to begin to tell your flesh how to address you. Because your flesh wants to tell you that you're not good enough. Your flesh wants to tell you that you're not pretty enough. Your flesh wants to tell you you're not worthy enough. Your flesh wants to tell you you're not smart enough. Your flesh is just replaying over and over and over these thoughts that you've had for years. If you have been sitting in low self-esteem and low self-worth, listen, your flesh has been replaying the same things over and over and over and you've been seeing it happen in your life because you've been choosing to believe what the flesh has been telling you but now you are to retrain your flesh you have to become a new creature so now you have to tell your flesh what to feed to you so now you got to tell your flesh listen this is what god said so you're gonna have to get with the program and you just got to keep telling your flesh over and over until your flesh understands that okay it's a new master in town and it's not me you are able to overcome your flesh by the power of God. God's words is life and it's truth. And you have to overcome this battle within yourself by subduing your flesh, by filling your flesh with what God said about you. A lot of you don't understand that over the years, what has happened to you, you know, you might have got bullied. You might not have the best upbringing and people might have spoken death to you and you chose to believe it. And you walk around with this dark cloud over you because you believe what your subconscious mind has been replaying over and over throughout these years. But God said, it's time to be reborn, child. He said, listen, flesh gives birth to flesh, but he said, spirit gives life to spirit. Let me tell you something. You got to be reborn. I don't care what your mama said to you. I don't care what your cousin said to you. I don't care what your daddy, your teacher, your friend, that bully. I don't care what nobody has said to you, child. It is about what God said. God is sovereign. Do you understand that God is God? You can't let nothing that was dust and ashes deter you from what God said that you are. God is life. His words matter over anybody. Listen, Jesus said, listen, he said, heaven and earth may disappear, but my words will never disappear. His words are eternal, child. His words are eternal. They ain't going nowhere. So you have to store them in your heart. Mm, 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 mm. Future glory. Get we suffer. Get what we suffer. 
we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he revealed to us later. For all creation is waiting, waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against his will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we know, for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. See, that's that's why you got to pray without ceasing. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groaning that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers. See, that, wait, hold on. In harmony with God's own will. You got to cast down that thought where people say God don't talk all the time. That's because they don't have a prayer life. That's because they don't give God the time. God speaks, but are you listening? And if your Bible is closed, if you only open your Bible up for 20 minutes, an hour a day, listen, child, you, you got to be in fellowship with God. Yes, I'm not telling you that you're supposed to neglect your household and your children, but you should have so much of God's word stored within you that you are able to confirm how the Holy Spirit is leading you throughout the day. If he says he will never leave you nor forsake you, if he said that he he's leading you, if he said, follow me, how's he not talking to you? How are you? How he not going to be talking to you if he's leading you? He speaks. Are you, are you listening? And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him and have calling taught them. He gave them right standing with him and have given them right standing. He gave them his glory. So in Christ, you have right standing with God because in Christ, you are perfected. You have to remain in him and he will remain in you. Jesus said a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. And he said, you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. That's what he said, child. That's what he said. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who could ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dare accuses us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with him. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. And anything, 
ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours, is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor nor life, neither angel nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let me tell you something. God loves you and nothing can make him stop loving you. So you have no reason to come to him and allow you Allow him to wash you clean of your sins and your filth. There's no excuse because God loves you. He wants to. But you have to choose to give up your life for the sake of God and the gospel. You got to be willing to do that. Yes, he loves you. But that does not mean that your, you, your actions won't send you to hell. That's not what the scripture means. It just means that he loves you. And even though you won't turn to him, he's not going to stop loving you. But you've chose the route that you wanted to go. That's what that means, okay? That's what it means. Some people think that this verse means like, oh, I can do whatever I want. And God will always um, love me and he ain't going to let me go to hell. No, he don't want to send you to hell, but your actions can. It was Cain's actions that made him a murderer. God didn't want Cain to be a murderer, but Cain chose to be a murderer. God didn't want Adam and Eve to sin, but Adam chose to allow sin to enter the world. Okay? It's all about the choice you want to make. God didn't want his kids to experience death, but in our actions, what we choose to do is what happens. God's so good because he give us the free will, child. Let's go to um James chapter 1. We're going to go to James chapter 1. And we're going to go down to verse like 14-ish. And then I believe I'm going to pray for you. And I'm probably going to be done. I don't know. Um, I'm sorry, 13. And remember when you are being tempted. Okay, hold on. Let me stop right here. Verse 12. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So when you go to Jesus in the wilderness, being tempted and tested, okay? That means that Jesus was showing you that even he had to kill his flesh by the word of God, okay? So if you are having all of these these um these temptations and these tests. The only way you're going to kill it is by the word of God. That's it. All Jesus would say to the enemy is for as it was written in the scriptures. 
For as it was written in the scriptures. That's that's your that's the key. Praying and staying in the word of God, you will be able to kill this flesh. He would tell him, like, you know, he was like, if you were the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus said, but for as it is written in the scriptures that man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the Lord, your God, like the Lord God. That's the only that that's the only bread. Like we can't live off of bread alone. We got to live off the real bread, the bread of life, that real manna. Okay. He was tempting him. He was like, you know, if you're the son of God, just jump. He's, the scriptures say he ordered his angels to catch you. You won't even hurt your foot on a stone. He quoted Psalm 91 to him. But then Jesus said, but it is also written in the scriptures. You don't test. You don't test God. You don't test the Lord. You don't test him. He was, he was telling him he was, he was killing that flesh. He was, he was, he was killing the enemy by the word of God. He was, he was, and in the battle, he, the battle was won because it's in the word of God that you win the battle. Like you cannot win this battle without the word of God. <laughs> you cannot defeat the enemy without the word of God. You can try to stand um, 10 toes down by yourself. But let me tell you something. He won't overtake you when you stand 10 toes down by yourself. But when you are in the word of God, you'll be like, oh, I know that's a lie. I know that's a lie. I'm not about to jump. You know why? Because I'm not about to test them. Yes, I know that his angels will hold me up so I won't hit my foot on a stone. I know. But the Lord ain't telling me to jump. I Look, his sheep know his voice and you answer to it. So you know that's not God telling you to jump. Abraham, listen, when Abraham was being tested, he knew the voice of God. So when Abraham, when the Lord was like, um, go sacrifice your son, Abraham was like, all right. Because he knew, he knew God's voice. So he was willing to do it because he said, listen, I know that you said that Isaac is the child of promise. So if you telling me to sacrifice him, I know you bringing him back. It was, his faith was just being tested. Would you, or would you, do you believe that I will, I will keep my word to you? Do you believe that? So Abraham went and did what the Lord told him to do. And then well, right when he was about to kill him, he said, don't touch the boy. It was the ram in the thickest. But Abraham knew. He said, God will provide the sacrifice. God won't provide it. He's going to provide. But when you hear that, that, that flesh and that enemy talking, it's going to be an uneasy feeling. You're going to be like, Mm-mm, something ain't right. Because it's going to try to... Um, when you know that the flesh and the enemy's talking, it tries to um, manipulate and and misconstrue the scriptures. You like, that's not what he meant when he said that. And you know it. God ain't going to tell you just to jump, child. What are you going to tell you just to jump for? He ain't going to tell you to do that. Well, listen, I ain't going to say he won't tell you to do it. But you going to know his voice. Let me put it that way. Because I ain't going to put no limit on God. But... You will know it's him. You won't have this. This is you just know. You know his voice. You just know it, and you just know something is off. You might not know everything that's going on, but when you know that ain't the Lord talking to you, like something off. Okay, something something ain't right. Just something ain't right. And when sin is allowed to grow, 
So hold on, hold on. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. That part right there. So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down from uh, down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights. <clears throat> excuse me, all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us His true word, and we, out of all creation, became His prized possession. It says He chose to give birth to us by giving us His true word, which means you have to stay in the word of God to be reborn again by the Spirit. Spirit gives life to spirit. Spirit gives birth to spirit. You have to stay in God's word because it gives you life. Okay? So I'm going to pray for you guys. And then we'll see what the Holy Spirit says. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Lord, I'm just coming to you, Father, humbly, Lord, but boldly, just thanking you for this word first and foremost, Father, that you care enough to tell us, Father, to just keep killing this flesh so we can experience the abundance that you have for us, Lord. I thank you, God. I thank you for who you are, Lord. I thank you that you are just head over all, Lord. I thank you that you are just so rich in wisdom, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that you are just so abundant in knowledge and understanding, God, and that you share it with us, Lord. Father, I'm just praying for your child receiving this word, Lord. I pray that this word begins to give her a shift, Lord, within herself. I be, I pray that this word begins to cause her to crucify her flesh, Father God. I pray that this word begins to make her live a life as a living sacrifice, Father. That she finds pleasure in denying herself so she can live with you, Lord. I'm praying, Lord, that she remains in you, Father God. Because the only way for her to remain fruitful is if she remains in you, Lord. I pray that she listens to your spirit's convictions, Lord. That she stays in her word. That she stays in prayer, Father God. That when you lead her to fast, that she fasts, Lord. I pray that there is nothing that she won't do to get closer to you, Father. Give her a deep hunger within herself, Father. Give her a thirst that is only can be quenched by you, Lord. Lord, I pray that her throat is as dry as the Sahara, Father, so that only you can quench it, Lord. No, let her know that only you can quench that thirst, Father God. Lord, I'm just praying, Father, that she becomes her, her flesh's master, Lord. That she is able to put to death that flesh, Father, so she can live for you, Lord God. And it's in your name that I pray, Father. I tell you to take all the glory because I don't want it. I don't want it. You can have it, Father God, in the name of Jesus. I give you all the honor and I give you all the praise, Lord. And it's in your name. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. Sis, listen. God got you. I know he hear my prayer, so I know he going to do for you what I just asked because I know he hears me. I know he hear me when I pray, okay? The Lord ain't give me this big mouth for nothing, okay? I know he hear me. He hears me. And says, if you need to hold on to that, okay? If we got to be like the people that bought the paralytic man, 
and put them down to the roof and he used his friend's faith to get there. If you need to use my faith to get there, go ahead and use this it, because you're going to crucify that flesh. You are going to live your life in the spirit. And I put my faith on that in the name of Jesus. Okay. So I love you so, 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 so much. And do not forget that most importantly, Jesus loves you. Bye.